You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Friday, July 31st. It is the last day of July, isn't it? It's my baptism birthday. Happy baptism hey. birthday. That's right. I totally forgot that. Thanks for reminding me. Happy baptism. And, and it's Thanks. even raining today to remind you of your baptism. I know. It's perfect weather. Perfect weather. <laughs> <laughs> reminding people of their baptism. That's what we're, we're good at, right? It is. Yes. I hope so. <laughs> Hopefully we're good at that. Uh, We have uh, great stories on deck today. We're going to hear from Ministry to the Armed Forces, LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces in just a moment, sharing some stories of uh, what's going on with our chaplains these days. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us this morning, the Reverend Dr. Stephen Hokana, Associate Director for LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces. Chaplain Hokana, thanks for being our guest today on the Coffee Hour. Good morning, Sarah, and good morning, Andy. How are you all doing this morning? Oh, great. Uh, glad to have you Not with us. Good. Yeah. Well, it's always an honor and a privilege to come on KFUO and talk to you guys. You all are just wonderful. <laughs> well, thanks. We're, we're glad to have you and love having the opportunity to chat with you. Uh, miss seeing you uh, down the hallway uh, here in the building. Usually we, we're uh, just a few feet away down the, uh, mm-hmm. the hallway here in the International Center. But uh, good to get to chat with you this morning. Uh, for those who don't really know much about Ministry to the Armed Forces, uh, tell us a little bit about what is uh, LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces and the chaplains that serve? Well, that's that's a great question, and, and thank you all so much. You know, the Ministry to the Armed Forces is that organization of the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod that endorses chaplains of all branches of service to take care of our military soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and their families. So we reach out. We currently have 135 chaplains uh, Eleven of them are deployed in all parts of the world, doing all kinds of great things for God and country. And also part of that is we also have Operation Barnabas, which is intended to help train congregations, to support congregations, to to really love congregations as they reintegrate veterans and their families back into the body of Christ. So we have a twofold mission, and and yet it's under the same umbrella of reaching out with God's love in Christ Jesus to those that are military connected. It's a, it's a wonderful ministry, and we can't do it without the support of the brothers and sisters in Christ of our own precious Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. I love seeing the images on Facebook. You guys do a great job on uh, on social media, keeping everyone uh, updated with what's happening and seeing all the stories of, of the baptisms that happen um, out on the field on ships. Uh, the stories, uh, they're, they're so wonderful to see that, that God's word and, and, and the love of Christ are being spread even to our brothers and sisters who are deployed, um, who can't join us every Sunday in our churches. And especially lately, uh, there's been some stories too. What are some of the the challenges that our troops have been facing during the COVID pandemic? Yeah, that's really interesting because I remember a saying of Winston Churchill, or at least attributed to him, that kites fly highest against the wind. And and COVID-19 is truly a, 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 a serious, serious problem that affects every aspect really every aspect of our culture. Look how it's impacted upon even our worship as, as children of God redeemed under Christ. But, but in the military, there's still a requirement. You still have to defend the front lines of freedom. You still have to deploy. You still have to do certain things to protect the integrity and protect the United States of America. So it's interesting. One of the things that I have seen 
with our chaplains, and God bless them, I'll tell you, absolutely amazing. They have they have tapped into technologies that you and I would have kind of said, yeah, I've heard of this thing called Zoom, or I've heard of this thing called WhatsApp. I've, well, now, uh, these technologies are now an integral, integral part of how they reach out for Christ. So it, it's really fascinating to see that, that, that as there is a challenge placed before our military chaplains, uh, they're able to use technologies to reach out, while at the same time they also understand the important element of human touch. A number of our chaplains, uh, prior to deploying to a, an area of operation, whether it's aboard an aircraft carrier or whether it's in a deployed area such as Afghanistan, but what they are required to do is go through what's called a two-week quarantine, where they have to sequester themselves from their families, from everyone else. Um, it is almost the way it's described to me. It's 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 quite a austere life for two weeks, where you're just separated from everybody. And after a two-week period, then you're you're released into the military population, and you can conduct that that hands-on ministry. So. Uh, these chaplains of ours are willing to go through uncomfortableness and even sacrifice to meet the needs of God's people. So sacrifice and what I would call emerging technology. So it's absolutely amazing to see what they're doing. So that's, uh, that, that Sarah and Andy, is the first thing that, that I have seen. The second thing that I've seen with our, our chaplains is just that ability to reach out and touch men and women who they don't even know what religious people are, let alone to have a conversation about God and how God is present in their lives, and how, how the love of God through His Son Jesus dying on the cross makes a difference for all humanity. So it's absolutely amazing that, that our chaplains can actually walk in and among people that would never come into a church, and just by their own presence would reflect the image of Christ. Absolutely amazing. That's, that's just amazing to, to hear. As a proud uncle of uh, a sailor and an airman, um, to know that we have chaplains serving in this way, uh, serving uh, in, in all the branches of the military, um, it's just so important to me in that, especially in that, uh, I suppose those formative years of life, so many of our uh, troops are, are young adults, really. Why is it important for us to have chaplains in each of these branches of the military and, and, and in this stage of life for uh, these people who are serving? Oh, man, I tell you, you guys are asking awesome questions this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I appreciate it. My problem is, is that if I talk too much data, please tell everybody there will not be a quiz at the end of this, okay? So, <laughs> and I don't want to give out boring and silly numbers. But, but the, it, one of the things that seems interesting is that, that the chaplain is what we call the moral compass of an organization. Uh, now, in my experience, so I'm going to talk about mine, and I, I retired in the ancient years of 2016. Uh, a commander will frequently turn to the chaplain, and he will point to a map, or he will show him an order, and they're to do something. They are to take life. They are to destroy uh, the enemy. And he may even ask the chaplain, uh, what does God have to say about this? You know, what, what do you think, chaplain? Is this the right way to go? Uh, other ways that the chaplain is, the moral compass is, is, he can sit down and before these soldiers will go off on liberty, you know, go off into a port or soldiers will go on leave. Uh, 
that chaplain will stand up and he will address the soldiers, the sailors, the airmen and Marines, and remind them of their duty and responsibility as husbands, as wives, uh, what it is to be a husband and a wife when your wife or husband is not present. And in so doing that, it kind of helps these people not make horrible mistakes that they'll have to pay a price for later on. Uh, a chaplain can frequently just kind of walk the deck of a ship. Uh, chaplains are allowed to go to just about every area of a ship unfettered. A chaplain is allowed to go to every part of an air wing unfettered. And same with a military and army base. Uh, and he can seek out those dark places where if a young man or a young woman is sitting there thinking about whether life is worth it or not, uh, that chaplain can sit down and literally sit alongside them and tell them how precious life is. And instead of using words like Amagio Dei, they can tell them that they are created in the image of God and that they're loved and they're so cherished and that life is certainly worth living. These are just some of the things that, that chaplains can do. We have chaplains that are also, you know, in more of a stated, distant way. They're ethics instructors. They're hospital chaplains. They're uh, marriage and family therapists. Uh, they have multiplicity of roles. And I think that the American people believe in the chaplaincy and the men and women of the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod, uh, they want chaplains in the ranks. They want to know that their sons and daughters or their cousins, nieces and nephews are well taken care of by the church. Hmm. Thanks for painting that picture for us of how chaplains serve and how they're a part of, you know, what, how they're a part of the, the, the whole picture of the military uh, as a director of Christian education. Uh, I also follow um, the, the, some of the, uh, the, on social media, follow one of our DREs directors of religious education at VCE <laughs> who serves in that capacity and seeing where they fit in that picture as well. How do chaplains, you, you, you gave us one example of how chaplains work and, and serve with others. Um, how do chaplains serve um, when not deployed? What are some of the ways um, maybe back here in the States that chaplains serve? Well, I, what, they'll sit, what they'll do, and I, and I did this too, is they will certainly assist the local congregation where they're living. Uh, I, I have told the pastor of every local church that I would become, you know, I can't, I, at the time I couldn't be a member of them. We, our membership was held in a particular district in the military, but I would always tell that pastor, I'd, I'd take him out for lunch or buy him a cup of coffee and say, look, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. You know, I just want to let you know that I, I love you for what you're doing, and uh, I'm going to sit in that back row, and I'm going to cheer you on and say, go pastor, because you're awesome and wonderful, and you're meeting the needs of God's people. So that's that, I think, is really important, that, that if a church has a military chaplain in their congregation, th that person can be just a tremendous cheerleader asset. They have a job of their own. They don't need to get in there and stir up any mischief, and they don't. They're t and they're like, you know, like me, cheerleaders. Uh, the other thing that chaplains do is that they will sharpen their saw. They will uh, attend advanced civilian schooling. Uh, they will spend time just getting back into their family again after being deployed. Uh, I just got done uh, doing some work with one of our seminaries to get a chaplain into the doctorate of ministry program. So there's always an interest and a hunger of our chaplains to be better than where they are, and frequently they will turn to academics. But, but Sarah and Andy, if I can back up a little bit and talk about the DREs, one of the, one of the blessings of our church is uh, the position of director of religious education. And of all the branches of service, the United States Army has noticed this and, and noted it. Um, there is a need for DREs in the United States Army. 
we had a, a Zoom conference yesterday with our DREs, and we're trying to work on a way that when we have DRE conferences or DRE gatherings, that we can spread the word that, hey, the United States Army is looking for a very special person who can serve in that type of community uh, to spread the gospel. We spent a lot of time yesterday talking about how DREs are working through COVID. DREs are doing vacation Bible school with, you know, numbers I haven't seen in years, 300 children showing up, uh, <laughs> educating and training them in the love of God in Christ Jesus. It, it's amazing. So if there is any DREs listening out there, uh, the Army could sure use your skills and your talents. Sure. And, and uh, the, the Army uses the term DRE, Director of Religious Education, in in LCMS circles, more likely a Director of Christian Education. And ah. I, I think the requirements uh, for the Army generally is a, like a, a DCE with a master's degree or higher, correct? I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. Thank you for telling us that. Yeah. Yeah, and and two, you know, uh, being a DRE in the military is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be asked to leave wherever you may want to be and to go to a military installation. Typical Army installations are in pretty uh, pretty isolated areas of the country because they need that acreage for training. Uh, but it is a fantastically rewarding experience to serve as a director of religious education. And again, Andy, you've, you've monitored, you've engaged and talked with our DREs, and, and you've seen that for yourself. Yeah, we're blessed to have one right here at uh, Fort Leonard Wood here in Missouri. Uh, so we're, we're very thankful for that. Awesome lady. An awesome lady. Yeah, yeah, she's doing a fantastic job. We have more to, to learn about our chaplains, especially during this time of pandemic. We're talking with Reverend Dr. Stephen Hokan, Associate Director for LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Friday on Issues Etc., we'll discuss why religious freedom is special with Emily Gao of the Heritage Foundation, and we'll play Issues Etc. Soundbite of the Week. Listeners with the best votes win the Lutheran Public Radio bundle package, and I Have Issues t-shirt, an Issues Etc. tote bag, notepad, pen, and bumper sticker. Listen and vote in advance at facebook.com slash issues etc. Issues Etc. Live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. Concord Matters is the program where we seek to be of one mind that is the mind of Christ. And to do that, Christ-confessing Concordians read through and discuss the Book of Concord, which is our Lutheran confession of faith drawn from Holy Scripture, so that you too may be of one mind and confess with Christ. Be sure to listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio or anytime on KFUO.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Until we convene for Concord again, keep confessing, church. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Friday, July 31st. We're talking with Reverend Dr. Stephen Hokana, Associate Director for LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces, about the great work of LCMS chaplains uh, serving the military. And before we went to break, talking about the, the great work that our chaplains have been doing during this time of the COVID pandemic. And... Uh, 
Steve, how do uh, how do chaplains continue to communicate with you once they're uh, deployed or once they're they're serving? How do they keep you informed about uh, what's going on in their work as chaplains? Well, they do it by a couple of venues. One one of them is the official report. If you're an active duty chaplain, uh, you're required to send us a report every quarter. This is uh, by way of agreement. Uh, once a year, the Department of Defense says, who are your chaplains? Are they maintaining contact with you? If not, you need to pull their endorsement. So Chaplain Craig Mueller, my boss, uh, and the endorser of the Lutheran Church of Missouri Senate has said, yes, we will do this. So, so we have the official reporting system. But our chaplains love our church. And so the other way of communication is phone calls, Zoom, WhatsApp, text, uh, constant communication with us, telling us stories and vignettes. Uh, one of the things that we do with math is, is they will call us or they will text us and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm in Kuwait. Uh, ministry's awesome, but I, I've run out of hymnals. And so what we would do is we would coordinate with Concordia Publishing House, and we would get them the proper materials. And we'll also send them some catechisms and, and some other things as well to help support them. A uh, strong connection uh, with uh, uh, the ministry to the armed forces. Uh, one of the things that's really interesting is that it, I mean, it must be a different era, a wonderful era. They are willing to share with us. Uh, some of the most amazing stories of, of how they reach out with the gospel. I mean, one, one of our chaplains uh, stationed right now in Afghanistan, uh, Pastor Michael Kearney, uh, would talk at, at great length about how he would literally just walk the flight line of the helicopters getting ready to go on a combat mission, and how he would literally bring Christ to the flight line. You know, these are Apache attack helicopters geared up, fueled up, missiled up, ammoed up, getting ready to protect those soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines on the ground. And they want to know that Jesus loves them. And so Pastor Carney has that ability, that unique skill set of a lot of our chaplains to literally just walk the flight line and talk to, talk with, pray with, and encourage those pilots. Um, we have another uh, chaplain who uh, uh, is quite a sharp study, really a, quite a brilliant man. Uh, uh, he's also a, a former uh, line officer. And so he and I would talk often, and he would talk about uh, one of the most important things that chaplains can bring is just that ability of, of being there and present, not a lot of talking, but a lot of listening. You know, so again, soldiers who may not even have seen what a godly person looks like, you know, everything they know about God is from Netflix, you know, not exactly the best place to go to you know, learn about the Christian faith. So, so they see him. And they they might exchange a few barbs with him, but then they will start engaging with them, and then they'll they'll talk about does God care about me? Is God present with me? And or you know the the family that I have that's having some difficult times is is God with me? They they ask these key component questions, and they want to know if God is present, and, and that's one of the most important dynamics of how our chaplains communicate with us because they're more than willing to talk about and share with us their stories. Uh, I've, I've always believed that if you really want to teach somebody, you better bring a story with you. Uh, our, our, the way God wired us, our, our, our ears, our hearing are designed to hear stories. So uh, as we continue to hear from the wonderful things these men and women are doing, it's just absolutely amazing. And our church could be so proud of them. Uh, some of the things that, that – uh, if they will engage with us, we'll also know the kind of unit that they're in. And some of these units have a higher level of operational uh, work. 
Uh, they do some things that are sensitive information, so we will ask our chaplains that when you do report and talk with us, please make sure that uh, you remove any type of sensitive information. Uh, we don't want to know, well, you know what time you hit the ground. We don't want to know the forces you were engaged with. We may not even know what country you were in. But what we want to know is, did you provide the sacrament? Did you pray with? Did you conduct Bible study? And we have, we have wonderful photographs, and Sarah, you'd mentioned this, wonderful photographs of, of chaplains. We have an airborne chaplain stationed out of Fort Bragg who conducts Bible studies when they were in Kuwait. And I, and I really think, truly, they weren't sure what they were going to do at one time, whether that was going to be uh, protecting the oil feeds fields in Iraq, whether the airborne unit was going to go into uh, Syria. Uh, we don't know, but they were ready to go. And, and that chaplain was providing comfort during a very anxious time. So that's some of the cool things that chaplains do. Uh, Andy, you'd mentioned asked earlier about what chaplains do when we're back in the United States. And the, and the term, the military term is called CONUS, Continental United States. So if I say CONUS, that's what, I'm, that's what I mean. When, when back in the United States, um, we will ask our chaplains to sometimes write. Uh, we will ask them to sometimes publish, to tell stories that we can share with the greater church at large. One of the things that I've noticed, you know, when you work with different denominations, is I have to tell you that our church loves the men and women that serve our country. You know, and it, they don't ask questions like whether I agree with this foreign policy or disagree with this foreign policy. They love that soldier, that sailor, that airman and marine. So what our chaplains do in response to that is, is they will write, uh, they will conduct Bible study, uh, they will even teach classes, not only to their own charge of, of sailors, soldiers, airmen, Marines, but also to local congregations. So, you know, if, uh, if a circuit wants to have the pastor, pastor chaplain come and talk about military ministry, uh, they're more than willing to do that. If a, if a church is having a service to acknowledge and thanks, with thanksgiving to God for military folks, uh, they can reach out to that chaplain, or they can reach out to our office. And we can try to provide a chaplain for them to attend that service. So we're we're all connected, and we're all interconnected because we're all in this we're all in this together. And it's not just COVID nineteen. We're we're all into this march of victory that's given to us first under the cross. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the services out uh, uh, when you're when they're when soldiers are deployed and seeing the pictures of. Uh, what looks very unfamiliar to me as someone who it was not in the military, but, uh, you know, that that is a familiar thing with the hymnals and with catechisms and with a, a pastor who has a stole on and yet it's under uh, a tent and everyone is in their their fatigues. And, and it just it's it's similar and yet it's not. And it's such a wonderful thing that our our brothers and sisters can still have this uh, proclamation of the gospel when they're in the middle of, of what could be a really uh, scary and unknown situation. That is, it's, it's so great. Uh, what is, what is the need for chaplains? Well, the, the, the need is great. And particularly speaking about our church, the Lutheran church, Missouri Senate, we do need more chaplains and, it's difficult to be a chaplain. Uh, not everybody can be the chaplain. Just like Sarah, not everybody can serve in the military. You know, there's there's uh, age, there's height, there's weight, there's national security, uh, excessive debt. Those are the kind of things that can keep you out of the military. To be a military chaplain, you have to have a master's degree from one of our seminaries. And, and there's really no exception for that. There's no exception to policy on that. That's from the Department of Defense. So, uh, 
we look for those young, highly skilled men that are able to step up and say, yes, I can bring the gospel uh, to this type of population that so desperately needs it. So, you know, I, I threw out those numbers, and it may sound like a lot to some, 132 chaplains, but I'll tell you, we could easily add another 100 to it, easily. Uh, we got a, got a call yesterday from a man in uh, Killeen, Texas, which is right next to the largest Army base in the United States, Fort Hood. We don't have a chaplain there. And he is just like, almost like in grief that we don't have a chaplain there. And, it's, and we, we hear that all the time. And we do have awesome parish pastors in the communities that help. But you can't beat having a chaplain within those ranks. So uh, the need is great. We always need more. Uh, but it's also quite difficult. We, we have to work very closely with the synodical leadership. We coordinate with them. We, in order to be a chaplain in the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod, uh, you have to fill out a packet just for us alone, and then you have to sit down and have an interview uh, with Craig or myself or both of us frequently. And then after that, then then your whole packet goes before the Ministry to the Armed Forces Committee for approval. So, And then after that, if you want to go active duty, it has to go before another committee for approval. We want to make sure that we send the absolute best that our church has to offer. And, it, and as you both can see, you know, Andy and Sarah, uh, by the ministry that they're doing, that uh, these are among the cream of the crop of the LCMS pastors. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, but it's so important. How can, uh, what's the first step? How can someone, uh, how can uh, uh, a man who's gone through seminary, maybe serving a parish now, or he's entering into seminary, how can he learn more about becoming a chaplain? Oh, it's just, it, it's easy. If they could just go on to the Luke's Church Missouri Center website, and uh, I, what I typically do is I bang out in the search engine military, just one word, and it will take you to the Ministry to the Armed Forces site, and we have something there on Operation Barnabas, and we also have something on how to be a, a military chaplain. Uh, you can always reach out to our office uh, through the 800 number. Uh, we seek frequently in engage and work with the various districts. But yeah, if they want to go ahead and reach out and connect with us, I think the best way to do it is do it online. You know, leave a note and then we'll call you back. We're pretty responsive about that. Ministry to the Armed Forces, LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Stephen Hokana, Associate Director for LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces. Thank you so much, Chaplain, for being our guest and uh, sharing these updates with us on our chaplains today. Well, Sarah and Eddie, it is always a privilege and an honor to uh, to talk with you all, to, to visit with you guys. I, I look forward to the day when we can see each other in the hallway. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Always good to chat with you. All right. Hey, listen, you all take care and God bless. Thank you. God bless you, too. Coming up on Monday, we continue our uh, Mental Health Mondays with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Looking forward to continuing that, and uh, we'll share more stories with you as well. And uh, we're working on some series as well. I'm excited. We're, we're going to get to uh, share a couple of series with you, which is always fun to do here on the Coffee mm-hmm. Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs>
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Oh, 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 o